Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Good morning, traders and investors. Welcome to the number one morning show to get you ready for your trading morning pre-market prep. I'm excited to dive on into today's action. We'll take a look at the overnight futures action short squeeze put on how long does the rally last we'll see if we get a new all-time high in natural gas in 2022 what's going on in that situation should pelosi's visit have investors on edge we'll talk a little bit about it will the u.s crack down on nan chips we'll take a look at that will alibaba get delisted are the Boeing planes back, the 787 Dreamliners? We'll take a look at that. China's PMI falling uh, to 49. We'll take a look at that. And the last thing I wanted to touch was dis- uh, discretionary spending, back to school season. How does retail look there? And of course, we just might have Tim Quas back, guys. I hope you guys want to smash the like for that. If you guys are excited to get back to some market structure edge, give me a thumbs up and welcome to Pre-Market Prep. Let's dive on in. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, traders and investors, let's go ahead. Let's start diving on in. Bring on Dennis Dick and Joel Alconan. How are we doing, guys? Let's take a look Stop. at the action Stop. in the weekend and, of course, overnight. How did you guys do and how did the markets do? A little bit in the red, a little bit of a decline, but the buy the dippers came in there. Uh, just trading a little bit in the red. Uh, focus for today will be that Friday slash weekly high, 41.44. And right above that is your June 9th high. So there's there's your line in the sand on the upside. On the downside, don't really have anything for you yet. Pre-market low, 41.11. Uh, crew just decided to shut a dollar uh, just a little bit ago, down 334 at 95.28. Uh, gold, Continues to move towards 1800 up 760 at 1789.40. Silver right in the middle of the 20 handle up 24 cents at 20.44. Uh, Bitcoin futures, uh, they're down $685, nothing major at 23,305. And Ethereum is following that same path down $56.50 at 1672. Well, uh, can August be like July? No. <laughs> I'm going to flat out say no. But let's get the stats from July and enjoy a little bit of, you know, hope before we just kill all the hope in about five Yeah, minutes. yeah, let's bring some so, of that hopium in br- here. All- let's talk the 
one of the best months we've had in a long time. So July, very, very impressive. Mitch, you got some stats for us? Yeah, definitely. All major indexes gain posting winning weeks and capping off the best month of the year. Uh, Dow gained 6.7% in July, while the S&P gained 9.1%. The NASDAQ wow. composite rose 12.4%. Of course, this was coming as you saw those tech uh, stocks beaten up. Definitely bouncing back with those earnings. And for each index, July's performance was the best since 2020. It was an impressive month. And the shorts got squeezed really hard. The people who were worried about everything, this market climbed the wall of worry like never before. Lots of worries. All still, they didn't really solve anything. Nothing got solved. Inflation, CPI data ticked 9.1% of the month. I mean, obviously from the previous month. I mean, you're just looking through and you're thinking, oh, yeah, are we out of the woods? But when you really stop and think about it, no problems got solved. It simply was stocks were just massively oversold. And you had, obviously, a squeeze to people who were all positioned on the other side. So the crowded trade was everybody was bearish. Sentiment was in the gutter. And they turned them around. And that's, you know, the reason that I got bullish, you know, a few weeks ago. You know, even saying that the ARKK, 2022 low could potentially be in. Uh, but we've run a long ways here now. So now you got to start analyzing. We start talking about a 50% retracement of the overall move, Joel. And if you bring up SPY, yeah. you don't see that on ARKK because you're not even close to that. But you might, you might be getting close to it on the SPY. We've done this exercise already. Call it 4,200 for fun. I mean, we're a little bit, it's a, or 4,220, I mean, for fun. So you're not too far away from there. I think there could be room to there, but this is going to, it's going to be not easy sledding here anymore. Like you've squeezed, now you've suckered some people in on the long side here. And we're going to get into the China situation talk in a minute here, but this opens a whole new can of worms. So opening new cans of worms in August is not what the market's going to be looking for. Um, so anyways, I've been bullish here for a little bit here now. I think the time to be full on bullish is behind us now. There's people on CNBC saying, yeah, yeah, now they get bullish because they're all late to the party. The turn could happen. Not saying it's going to happen, but I think the China situation is going to cause the turn. Well, he had good earnings. Good earnings from big tech, right? Not uh, even. Not even, Joel. You had okay good earnings. earnings reactions. The response, good earnings reactions. The response was excellent. There, there so weren't. So not I, I heard this comment, not better than expected, but better than feared. There you go. Yeah, and that's exactly what it was. It that was, was last week given to us. Who said uh, that? Somebody said that on a show, didn't they? That was yeah. Mish Snyder last Mish. week, guys. Come on, come on. That's that's what I came through, and I love that. Mish quote. bringing it, man. That was Jeez. the quote, better yeah. than feared. Mm-hmm. And that's and, what it was. It was better so the, than feared. The question I ask, you know, was this more of the the you know the shorts getting their squeeze put on, especially oh, yeah. on Friday? It felt like that. It felt like you know they were just like, you know what, this is enough pain. I'm getting out. I, I think so. And I'm always early, so take this with a grain of salt. You may have a really killer week or something because I'm always early, but I'm usually pretty good at feeling it. I'm just usually a few days early. So I might be a few days early here yet. And I haven't went full bullish. I'm still sitting market neutral here right now. I'm still sitting 35% cash, you know, when I was up to 55. But I'm just looking here. I'm looking at stocks that I've bought and the runs that they've had. I mean, there's been some impressive moves. Like I said, you know, I bought Square a week and a half ago. It's 762, 76, 20% in like a week and a half. There's a lot of stocks that are like that. We're sitting on, you got swing trades on. 
these are pretty good moves. I mean, even AMD. I mean, it's been a hell of a move for AMD off the lows. $71 up to $95 here now. Joel, it's not going to get easier here. I think AMD's got room to 100 Then I, I own AMD. But it's not going to get like, oh, let's just go to 120, 130, 150 all-time highs. This is not the environment. Like one, we can lay out three, you know, three things right now. You got one, inflation is still here, and it doesn't appear to be slowing that much. I might get it down to down tick, but it's not just going away tomorrow. You've got higher interest rates are here for the foreseeable future. So that's serious competition for stocks. You've still got supply chain problems. I mean, all over the place. So on my house, which I'm supposed to move into in two weeks, been building it forever. Uh, still waiting on countertops. They're coming. But my front door, which was supposed to be literally two months ago, is now delayed another month. I've got a range that I bought a year ago. Still not in. A year. One year waiting. Still not in. My dad bought a John Deere riding lawnmower three months ago. Basically, I guess the season's just cooked for it because it's still not in the John Deere riding lawnmower because of chip shortage. So, I mean, here we are. We're in August. and I'm going to need a lawnmower in another month. So, I mean, and it's still not in. So, I mean, it's, it's the supply chain issues. And then we can go into the China situation, which yeah, it will only get worse if this political situation with China gets worse. All right, let's get a little bit into that. And so a lot of investors are going to be a little bit on edge, but I'll ask Dennis and Joel what they think. Should Pelosi's visit to Taiwan have investors on edge? Absolutely. This is the can of worms that is about to be opened. We have been in a market in 2022 where it's been very predictable. The next thing, even to the COVID, you know, we knew COVID was coming. We talked on the show. We were two months ahead of it, but you knew it was coming. They weren't just going to, it wasn't going to go away. And obviously it came and it was a month and a half later. But I mean, this has been the situation where the interest rates, or we knew they were going to raise interest rates, but they still kept buying stocks right till, you know, the, the very last moment here. So this could be the same situation, but this is the can of worms that is about to be opened. If she visits Taiwan, it's going to piss China off. China controls a lot of our stuff that we get. Go to Walmart. It's all made in China. Go to these other stores. All made in China. Do you imagine if they're like, nah, we're just going to screw up your supply chain a little bit more. How do you like them apples, North America? I mean, this is a serious situation. I think we have to tread very carefully here. Yeah. What do you think? Do you think she's going, Mitch? Do you think she's going to go to Taiwan? I would have to say that she's going. You know, it's been talked about. And one of the things that I think Pelosi doesn't shy away from is being controversial, right? And giving the uh, opportunity to show up in the media. She likes to be the limelight. And I think she wants to show up here um, and visit to Taiwan. Of course, uh, we've heard multiple mentions that no one wants to see her there, at least in China. Um, but we'll we'll see what happens with this situation and how it expands from here. I, I think if she visits China, I think it opens a whole can of worms. It's going to piss Xi off. I don't think there's people weren't there was a Reuters report a report from somewhere they might shoot her plane down. I don't see that happening. But I do see that, you know, China could, you know, take repercussions in different ways against US. And no. obviously North America. Who so, knows? What if we hear about, uh, remember, Biden was supposed to meet, right? What if we hear about a canceled meeting now because of this? You know, it, there's, a, there's a lot that comes off of this. We don't know which way it's going to go. But one thing's for certain, investors are going to be on edge today uh, with that visit to Taiwan. Um, and we'll see how it affects the markets.
it's the elephant in the room and it's a serious situation and it's got me scared enough to say hey we've had a damn good run in the markets and i people like it's crazy how wrong they are on cnbc all the time they're like oh yeah this is you know, now it's safe to buy stocks what are you talking about we just had the best month in there was one of the top 20 months ever on the s p it ran up 9.1 percent you're gonna buy stocks now there was where were you a month ago you know, when we were talking on this show three weeks ago when they were massively oversold, as much as they were massively oversold, we're almost overbought. Sure, there's certain stocks that haven't participated. There's always something you can find to buy. But we've had a serious run in the overall market, and I'm a net seller of stocks here now uh, because it's just been a good move. It's been a good run. It's been good participation here. I mean, I just can't see it being easy sledding here because if you're buying stocks now, you're basically coming in and saying we're hitting all-time highs because you've just you know you just got back almost half the losses. So it moves like this. They move like waves. They don't typically V bottom. If you are buying stocks today, you are calling for a V bottom in a rising in an interest rate environment where interest rates rose significantly, political uncertainty all over the place, and an earnings that were okay, and a potential recession, which we kind of already are in a recession. So we can maybe it's going to V bottom. Maybe I'm going to be wrong, but I think the odds are that it's not going to be bottom. Not necessarily that we're going to revisit the lows, but we can definitely have you know some selling you know to come in here again. Don't kid yourself. Okay. And well, maybe that's the opportunity to buy some stocks. But at this point in time, I want to see how this China situation shakes out. Definitely. And now one thing that I do want to state here with also China, what's going on, I did see mentions of the U.S. potentially cracking down on NAND chips. Of course, this would affect also uh, South Korean memory chip juggernauts like Samsung. Um, but the U.S. is considering limiting shipments of American chip making equipment to memory chip makers in China. The crackdown, if approved, would involve barring the shipments of U.S. chip making equipment to factories in China's that manufactured uh, advanced NAND chips. Uh, the first U.S. bid through expert controls to target Chinese production of memory chips without specialized military application. Um, of course, this would have uh, a big effect on some of the U.S. ones like Micron Technologies. Um, and you can watch also Intel and Western Digital Corp. Those would be the, the biggest stocks probably affected. It there's so many things you can worry about here. And should we just not worry about them? At a certain point, like a month ago, everybody was worrying about everything. Now it's all good. Nobody's worrying about anything. I mean, you're sitting in the back, Joel, here. What You've been quiet well, here. I, yeah, yeah, because, well, it, it's impossible to predict what you, what's going to happen. And, it, you know, it, it a lot of different things, you know, a lot of different scenarios. Am I rushing out to sell stocks because Pelosi may – uh, go to China? Uh, no, but I think just, it, and I'm just going to group everything together and just help everybody out. You've had a swing trade on, or you've had a, you know, you deploy more of your assets. You had a really good month. You had a month end on a good note. You had the month end on a high. Not every stock, individual stock closed on its high, but keep an eye. I mean, you have the Friday, Monday scenario. And when we were in that great bull market in, in 21 and coming off the low and finish, you know, strong on Friday, open up higher on Monday and just boom, a whole nother thing. Now you had the big week at the end of the, uh, at, you know, the end of the month, 
So mark your low, mark your high, mark your high in your stocks from Friday. Mark the closing high for the month. See how the market reacts. Use that as your gauge. You know, don't, you know, make, move your stop up or do something. So there's a good scenario. You know, there's a lot on the table. A lot of things can happen. Ha still have some earnings coming out this week. But just look at it. If you've hit your targets on the stuff and the trades that you're in, then take your targets. But very important week, the way we ended the week, the way we ended the month, you know, let's see if we can tack more onto it. So that, I think that's just the, the best way to approach it. So to say, oh, I'm going to sell because if, if she lands, or we have, we have no way of predicting it. I think, I know you guys are making a big deal out of it. And I think the media is making a big deal out of it. I think it's going to be just like the Walmart thing. Right, Walmart warned, right? And uh, they sold Walmart off. And we you know what? Right at the end of the week, no one was talking about Walmart. Walmart came all the way back. So I think by the end of the week, we're going to be like, oh, wow, she went to China. Nothing happened. And the markets, you know, the market took out, you know, either we'll take out Friday's high, keep going, work out to 4,200. But I just don't think it's going to be such an anticipate uh, you know big turn in the market based off this but we'll I see what happens completely disagree we will see completely we'll see disagree. that's the fun part that's the fun part of the markets and we'll see what happens here if this market crashes and burns because pelosi goes to china then that's it then it's in i'll sell every single thing that i own dun, every dun, single dun. thing is not, not i don't think any of us are calling for a crash and burn we'll see what happens I think here we I mean, set up really well for the the bears here i think we set mm -hmm. up really well we've had a huge run we're gonna have buyer exhaustion at a certain point in time i mean we were talking about seller exhaustion three weeks ago just as much as we had seller exhaustion you get a nine point nine percent move up in the s p coming up in a major resistance i mean we just set up well just from a, a just from you know buyer a buyer exhaustion here okay. I, I think we just set now, up well and then you well, couple it at the same time with piss and china off I just think it all adds up to like, I want to get a little bit more market neutral. So my own personal okay. standpoint, here's what I've done. No swing trade longs on now. They're all gone. I'm market neutral. I'm thinking about raising up a little more cash in the long-term account. I'm at 34, I think, last time I looked. I was at 54 a month ago. Obviously, I, I you know I bought some more AMD. I bought some Square. I bought Marvell. I bought a whole bunch of stuff. We talked about those buys. I think I'm ringing the register on a couple of them. I think I'm still holding stocks, not going 100% cash, not saying the bull run is over, saying it is time. If you were sit lucky enough to buy stocks in the last month and sitting on some pretty good gains, I think it is time to ring the register. You can sit around and wait. And Mitch and you and me all kind of had the same target, 420 SPY. We have mm -hmm. not got there yet. We have not hit our target. But when sometimes you're seeing different you know, concerns and different risks, risks come in, this is why technicals work well. But you also yeah. got to look at the overall situation. And right now, I'm like, do I want to sit around and try to extract the last 90 S&P handles when we just had a 300 S&P? Do I want to get the last 10, 20% of the move? Or do I want to make sure that, you know, I'm not going to give it all back? So yes, I, think I think you'd be thinking that way. Profits. I think you would be thinking that exact same way, whether or not this, you know, this thing was going on in blue. I For think sure. you would have the exact same yep. mindset. Yeah. And now it's just, yep. you know, now it's just a little, a little something extra that you're putting in your formula, right? Yeah, you got to weigh in. I've got a catalyst it. to sell. Yeah, yeah. So, exactly. so now, yeah. So I, I, I mean, I, I think, you know, that's, where you that's why I asked right the now. question, right? That's why I asked the question. And it's not necessarily that investors should sell, 
but will they be on edge today because of that catalyst? And I think that's what Dennis is also leading to. Not necessarily that it means war or anything like that, but it does mean some worrying and some concern in the situation. More, uh, another another thing, thing to worry about, a new one. And maybe we just yeah. climb the wall of worry. Nobody knows anything for certain. That's what I want to keep stressing, too. We can come and we can make calls. I mean, we come on this show, we analyze this, you know, the overall economic situation, we analyze the technicals, we analyze the political situation, we analyze all of this and we come up with, you know, an opinion. That's all it no. is. It's an opinion. I got another one. I got another one that we need to talk about. And it's been an interesting conversation. Should we be investing in emerging markets like the China market? Well, then you hear questions like this. Will Alibaba get delisted? Earnings oh are gosh. Thursday before the open. And Alibaba uh, falling over the U.S. Security Exchange Commission, adding the firm to the list of Chinese companies that could be delisted. Of course, this is coming uh, according to a report by Reuters. Uh, the company is set to release earnings. Uh, they did put out a note that said Alibaba would continue to monitor market developments and comply with applicable laws and regulation to strive to maintain its listing status on both the New York Stock Exchange and the Hong Kong uh, Stock Exchange. That was a statement that was given. We've sold off a lot in Alibaba. It's hard to just come in here and say, I got to sell it now. We just watched it fall 30 bucks here, and most wow. of this is because of the potential delisting. It's ugly. It's got great support down at 80 I don't know if I got the guts to buy it there. And I'm, you know, I've been of the situation that, you know, I had my Alibaba for five years and I've been calling China to a certain you know, extent. It's hard to invest there as well. It's, I mean, you can trade anything. I mean, there's been trades and I, but I straight up don't have any Chinese stocks. I've got a little bit of EEM, um, which maybe I shouldn't, but obviously you've got in the EEM, it's not pure China. You've got a lot of other countries in there as well. It's underperformed for a decade. I've owned EEM for a long time, the Canadian equivalent EEM, which is the same thing. Um, it's underperformed. I don't think any of this situation that I'm talking about is going to help it. So I'm just staying away from anything to do with China right now. Staying away. Another yeah, wild card. I mean, how many times have we heard this listing, delisting thing go back and forth? I, I don't know? think they're going to delist, to be honest. I don't think it's going to happen. That's my own personal thought process here. But yeah. I don't know. And I just think there's so many other things to worry about over there. It's tough. It's tough to come in it's here tough. and Very build the bulk thesis to come in and buy Chinese stocks right now. It's tough, yeah, it's tough really thesis. tough. Especially it's been a tough when... thesis for a decade. It's yeah. been massive underperformance there. Yeah, I mean, we try to look for stocks that were catching the bounce, and that was catching the bounce for a little while there. But then it good eventually just gave it all back. Trading range quickly, too. Quickly. Yeah. Look at that. That's what I'm worried about this market. You I, know? I, I think that's, I was, that's I was a perfect example. Perfect chart. Page here today. Joel's perfect still sitting chart. here a little bit bullish, but me and Mitch are the same I, thing. I look at this Alibaba chart, and obviously different situation. But you know, could your S and P chart turn around in three weeks and start to look like something like this? If yeah. this China situation escalates, it could. And that, I'm not saying it's going to, but it could. And I don't want to ride this market down. You know, I don't want to. You know, be long all these swings, watch them all give it back. So I think the time to book your gains is now. I think it is. I think the time to book your gains is now. Selling Today's into strength. Just as good as day to sell. You are. 
even though we're down 10 handles here this morning. Oh, obviously. way into strength. But, but, but way not into much. Strength. Way into strength. Oh, That's for what you sure. want to do. Sell Come the rip. On. We just had the hugest rip. I mean, I mean, you look at the, the range from last week. I mean, we bottomed uh, the Walmart bottom at 39.13. You're still 200 handles over that low. I mean, you had a big week. I mean, looking at this down 14 bucks. I mean, I, you know, I mean. It's nothing. It's really, it's really nothing compared. It, it, once again, the close we did, we did rally a little bit. We got above that closing price. I mean, and also you got, you know, a, a, a new month. I mean, there's a lot of different factors at work, but I, I do like the Friday Monday setups. You know, just where you know, talk you, about you, that. You, yeah, it's just when the, the market closes at one extreme, right, for the week, for the day, and for the week. You know, it really sets a tone for that following day. And as I said before, back in, you know, the old days when these market was ripping, you'd have that kind of thing. And you come up and the smooths be up another 25 or another 30 and then chop around. Uh, it hasn't been quite that kind of a scenario uh, during the COVID. You know, we would drop 150 handles and then, you know, you'd click, uh, you know, in the come, wake up in the middle of the night, we'd be down another 80 and but now, I mean, now you just got the you know you got the setups. You do have the beginning of the month, so theoretically, is there some more um, you know some more money being put to work? I, I don't not so much a, a buyer of that thirty uh, theory, but I mean it. The I just think the levels are better at the end of the week when you have the extremes. You know, everyone was happy on Friday. Everyone got a nice mark. Everyone now, you know, you think about things over the weekend. Hey, we're down a little bit. You have the, uh, you know, the macro situation. You know, things change. We didn't have, you know, Pelosi didn't fly over the weekend. You know, if it was like a weekend, like if she was supposed to, uh, you know, land or this thing was on, you know, Sunday night or twice, that's a whole different thing because the markets are closed. So uh, who knows what the time schedule is on it, but, um, you know, we'll, well, we'll find out. It won't be Pelosi, but I'll be wondering, will Boeing catch flight? Let's take a look at Boeing. Let's wow. transfer on over. Let's take a look. Boeing defense workers will vote on a new proposed labor agreement, um, averting potentially a strike that could begin today. I mean, if it's not for some reason signed. Um, but sources did tell CNBC that the FAA has approved inspection protocol for Jetmaker to resume delivery of 787 Dreamliners. Um, we've been seeing more and more deliveries talks and starting to point a little bit to the upside. I wonder how you guys see the chart. It's been massively oversold for a long time. Still trying to break the overall downtrend, which is still there. I think if you got above 180, you'd probably be starting to break that overall downtrend. But you can take your Jeff Mackey purple crayon take it from on that bottom right chart from that 440 high and draw it all the way down and we're still in that downtrend so it's still hard to build the overall bull thesis and the thing just ran i mean bottom of june 113 now 166 so it's been a pretty good run here for boeing i'd be a seller yeah this is this is a tough one i'm trying to get that trend line in there it's probably not going to work that quickly uh but i'm going to give you a Dennis likes one number. I'm gonna give you one number for the day and yeah, for the week. Like one sixty-seven, because uh, right here. Why? Because it fills a gap from April twenty-sixth, right? And uh, you had a bad day that day, 
right? You hit a high of 174.87. You closed at 167.04 that day. The gap's right there. The next day, you went down 13, $13. So a lot of people getting their money back here. The same just continues to rally. I like if this goes, you know, gets bid today, holds 167. Boom, just uh, keep on going. But that I just like that it's filling the gap. It was a close before, um, you know, before the big decline. And now you're coming back up to that area. So really like I like right now it's resistance, but it could be easily proved support this week. I mean, this thing is just kept on going. I, I mean, people have asked about this and I look at it, you know, it gets up to like 143 and then, oh, man, 130. This thing's dead. Had another $20 rally pulls back. So it's been incredibly strong. Uh, but let's see, uh, making a making a base and support at 167, you know, propel it up to higher levels. All right, let's keep it going here. I want to keep going through the topics uh, coming up soon. We should have Tim Quas joining us. Excited to get back into some All of that right, action. I haven't seen Tim for a while. So uh, yeah, time. it's going to be fun. The, you know, he had enough times in the Alps, and I can't blame him. He had a good time. And, oh, he lives the dream, man. Yeah, he's living the dream, him and that's Joel for sure. Conan. Um, but uh, let's get into <laughs> that's because I work with you guys. <laughs> uh, right. I don't know if that's I don't know if that's the dream or the nightmare, Joel. <laughs> well, the the question is, did you guys get your crayons this weekend? Um, because it, it's starting to get towards that time. Discretional oh my gosh, spending, back to school, back to school season starting up. I did see mentions though, at least for the consumer and credit card issues that are probably starting to arise. Credit card balances for people age twenty five. And younger rose 30% in the second quarter year over year. TransUnion, one of the biggest three consumer uh, credit agencies, estimate credit card delinquency rates could rise to 8.4% in the first quarter of 2023. What do we talk about? And we talk about the whole situation with higher rates. If the rates stay high and they're going to try to bring them down, don't kid yourself. They will try to bring them down once inflation gets in check. But they got to leave these rates high. Let's say a scenario analysis, rates stay elevated or even go conti and continue to go up in the next year. That credit card debt is going to go a hell of a lot higher. The toys all get sold. Like we already said this before. First thing you do when you're having money travels, you sell all the toys. Then you're jacking up and racking up the credit card debt, the personal credit, whatever you can, you know. And then obviously now you're going to, you know, default on your curve payment. Then you're going to default on your house payment. I mean, that's just kind of how it goes. Obviously cutting out all discretionary spending as well. We're only three months into higher rates. It's only been up. They've only been up for a little bit. People haven't been hit yet. It takes time. That's common. So that's the problem, too, with the overall scenario of, oh, let's go back to all-time highs. If rates stay elevated and they don't get inflation in check, that's the scenario where the markets are going to get ugly again, too. So, I mean, you can keep looking at all that stuff, but at the end of the day, it all depends on where inflation is going. We need to get inflation in check. And if inflation starts to tick down, the market will rally just because they think the Fed's plan's working. So when do we get that next month? When do we get the CPI data? We get people. It's like in two weeks. So I'll give you the exact date. I'm yeah, Mitchell, sure. go hunt that down. Yeah, I mean, I that's you. a bogey. And I do think that could be a bullish catalyst for the market there uh, because I do think we're going to see a tick down. And I do think the market would applaud that significantly. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming, I wish I'd used Indeed. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility all at Indeed.com P-R-E-P. Just go to Indeed.com P-R-E-P right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com P-R-E-P. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. All right. looking for that, Joel. Yeah, yeah, I'm Joel. getting the date. Study sure. something intently. What are you studying over there, Joel? You look so intense. I'm pretty sure it's the 17th. I'm, I don't get exact date for us. But... Uh, somebody said the 10th. So our chat's usually pretty good. Greg Stanford said, oh, no, he's saying Is it a little bit earlier this month? Yeah, yeah. he's saying the 10th. Yep. August 10th, 830. Yep. Got it. Is it, eight, is, is it yep. confirmed August 10th? Confirmed August 10th, 830. Oh, yeah, it's coming. So there is a bullet. So we were a little bit of bearish scenario. I think the CPI is going to be good. What do we get today? We get some data today too much? Yes, we do get data that's important today. Released at 10 a.m., you'll get the ISM manufacturing PMI. Estimates are to be 52. Prior was 53. Keep that on watch, of course. Manufacturing PMI. Give us a little insight on how inflation is doing. And uh, I think it's going to be a number to keep on watch. I think uh, the numbers here on until the Fed meeting are going to be very important. We have... I, at least from the numbers that I've seen, we have yet to see inflation really show up as a peak in the data. That's what everyone's going to keep on watch. If that doesn't change, then are they going to continue the hike rates? That's what everyone's thinking. I mean, uh, another big reason for the rally last week is, uh, you know, is pumping Powell. You know, pumping Powell, man. He, he, you know, he overall um, kind of deemed the market. You know, it, the market deemed him a little bit more dovish and, uh, you know, maybe things are to slow down. That was, you know, besides the, um, you know, the OK earnings that they still decide to rally the market on. And, you know, we had a big day on the uh, on the Fed day, too. We they tried to bust it. Not much, but that that was a big catalyst, too. So uh, what's that? Uh, the 10th. The so that'd be a week from Wednesday. So long ways away from now. Right, guys? Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with also how is inflation going to rise or lower from here into the meeting, right? And then also this month, a lot of people are watching what energy prices, right? I mean, uh, we have seen energy prices come down. 
but they caught a bounce last week. And so we got to continue to watch. We can take a look here at natural gas. We can take a look at some oil plays. Um, we did get some earnings to hit on Friday. So let's take a look at some of those. First thing I want to do is let's go to some natural gas. Let's, let's take a look. And I'll throw out the question. Will we see a new all-time high in natural gas in 2022? Of course, natural gas was up roughly 66% in July, putting it wow. on its best month since the contract. Uh, I'll, bet you, I'll bet you a million dollars we don't see a new all-time high. In Ooh, I'll take it. Lunch, okay. baby. That sounds like a million dollars. Oh, it's like yeah, a million dollars. So it has to get, <laughs> yeah, it has to get over 24. I'll take the, the lunch. Okay. The million dollar has, bets are tough. Yeah. It's exciting yeah. on the show. It needs to go. The all-time high is 24. 24 bucks. Well, it, in 2022. In, in, uh, well, that's uh, not an all-time high. We'll, that, we'll that do 52. Be... We'll do 52 week. How's that? Make, make it a, uh, in the, in the year, high. for the year. Will we get to a new high? Who was of buying the year? natural gas for twenty four bucks back go. in the after the financial crisis? That guy. I'm not sure. Same people that were buying crude at one fifty two. Silver at forty seven. Here you go. Here you go. <laughs> just for, just for Joel. Here you go. New fifty two week high here. <laughs> Do you think? Okay, we'll get a, a, a new fifty two week high this this, yeah. this week. No, this not this month? week. Not... In this year. In this. I year, mean, that's. We... I mean that. I mean. He's buying a long-term call option. Yeah, I sell mean, the long-term I, call. Yeah, I'm yeah. selling it. Selling it or buying mean, the could, long-term call. You're selling the long-term call. I tell you right now, a lot of people, um, a lot of people like to see this back at nine bucks. You know, ticked its head over three. I mean, it could. I mean, I'm not. You know, I, I see three monthly tops in the same area. Uh, geopolitical yeah. situations could always change that. So, whatever. It, it, it's not the, make reason, the reason high, I'm bringing this up new. too is that this is kind of a new opinion because when it was down there around let's say six or five dollars, you guys were more of a sell even at those levels. So now we're back up to these levels. I'm wondering if it's a pullback buy here. Uh, I, I have no opinion. The, the no, I mean the buy, Where where's your out if you're buying here at this level? I mean, you just had two monthly. I mean. Two monthly lows in the same area and three monthly highs in the same area. I'd be more of a a, a chop fest here chop between fest. six and eight fifty or you know something like that. A long consolidation before you have your next big move. All right. Well, we'll see what happens in natural gas. It's going to be something that I'll watch going into winter. Um, we'll talk a little bit about oil coming on up, but I think let's go towards what everyone's been asking for, yeah. and we got them in the back. It's been some time, but it's time to go back to it. I think we need to get a little dance tunes going here. Let's go. Let's go. You know what time it is. Market Structure Mondays is back, baby. And look at that jersey. Looking looking a little flexing on there, Tim. I, I see you. He's fit, too. Look at this. I see you. <laughs> He's been working out, Joel. He's been working out more than you. <laughs> well, I don't know. I've been eating and drinking an awful lot too. So uh, <laughs> that's good. I don't know. It's, if you it's, do the no, workouts, no, you deserve to do that. That's my theory. It looks good, man. Notice pushing... that. Notice that I'm only showing from my chest up. I'm not. I'm excluding my belly. It's a smart man. The... Smart man. Show the upper body. <laughs> Holy, I'm 217 well, now. I weighed myself over the weekend. I was like, man, I am in trouble here. <laughs> Buy the 225 calls. But Tim, you look great. Well, thank you. Good to see you guys. I've missed you. I'm, you know, I'm uh, apologies for being AWOL 
for so long. Uh, and I was going to wear my my super cool uh, Saracona, uh, Saracena Italian shirt from Bellagio on the Lake Como, but it's Swiss National Day, and since oh, I'm a since excellent. I'm an aspiring Swiss National, I'm I'm sporting the colors. Let's see, see this. Uh, I see you. You I see? see it right there. There's so the cross, maybe. Yeah. So it, August first, twelve ninety one, is when uh, Switzerland nice. ratified its first wow. constitution. So they've been doing it for 731 years as, a pair, as compared to 234 in the United States. If you, you know, if you go from the date that New Hampshire uh, uh, ratified the Constitution, June 21st, 1788, that's, it took nine. Uh, so they've been doing it a lot longer than we have here in the United States. And uh, it seems to work pretty well, I'll tell you. Uh, for, so for the hashtag edge mob, in case you wonder where the hell I've been... <laughs> Uh, we went to Europe July 5th and uh, came back, flew out of Zurich on Saturday, came back with uh, with our 500 pounds of luggage, which was like five times more stuff than we needed. Uh, in fact, I tweeted a photo so you can you can see me standing on Renveg Street at about 645 a.m. Saturday, uh, leaving Zurich and, and returning to the United States. But I, I'll tell you, we, we've got we've got edge subscribers from Switzerland who are always telling me. Wow. Look, you should come and come and visit. So we did, and it was uh, it was tremendous. We were we were everywhere. Trip. It was a blast. No, I couldn't. We there was there was nothing. Uh, this was all us. We I, I'll look. I I'll work any angle, but I could not come <laughs> up with I could not come up with a justifiable reason to do that. Uh, but we went, and I'll shut up on this, and we can move to the market. But we went to. We have friends in Basel. So and they're they've been there for fourteen years and. Uh, she is retiring as a as a Roche muckety muck because Hoffman La Roche is based in Basel, as is Novartis. You know, it's a big pharmaceutical hub. Yeah. <clears throat> and returning to the United States, so they they've been telling us come. And then she said we're leaving in March. So we said we're on our way. And so we went to Basel, hey. and uh, then we road trip down to Lake Como and uh, loitered suspiciously outside George Clooney's uh, house on a boat. And uh, then went down to Chianti in the Tuscany region, then went back and hiked the Alps and hung out in Zermatt below the Matterhorn and uh, then to Montreux and uh, to Interlaken and Lucerne and then Zurich. We were everywhere. And it was uh, just a a daily, daily, you know, day in the life of Tim Kloss, you know, (laughs) look, all you got to do is use edge and you could be doing this. This is if if you weren't in Switzerland. I would think you were volunteering for the Red Cross. <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. It, it would. Right. But this is a white cross, notice. Um, ah, true. Ah, There's the difference. They got the pat right. on the Red Cross. Right. Cross right. So what do you got? What's the market? The market still had structure when you were gone. Uh, ending the month on a strong note. Uh, <laughs> let's, uh, you know, let's let's take a look let's at Dive uh, on in. Well, there's a suspicious correlation, if we're honest here mm. and that is that the market was not in very good shape until i left the country and then while i was out of the country the spy went up over eight percent go back and, to switzerland and, and i returned <laughs> and now the day are down, right? so, so so any any time that we all need a, a bump in the u.s equity market i will volunteer to go Set to switzerland to uh to to help out <laughs> Well, I'll, I'll tell I'll tell Pumpin' Pal that you know worries. <laughs> Pumpin' Pal, you know. So <laughs> so to answer your question, Money Mitch, 
here's my view. And it, look, there are all kinds of things that you can think about. And the, you know, my view will always be shaped. And, and look, I, I'm a fan of monetary policy and economics, and I pay attention to all those things. But in the equity market, the most reliable gauge is supply and demand. It's always the most reliable gauge of how any market will perform. What is the supply-demand balance? And if you look at the month of July from a market structure standpoint, short volume, the supply side of the market imploded. On roughly the 5th of July, when I left, 49.4% of all trading volume in S&P 500 stocks was short or manufactured. And it dropped to 47.3%. You say, well, that's not a lot. Well, it's the exact amount the market went up. That's <laughs> what so the market went up. There was a decline in supply and money stayed roughly steady and the market went up. I can show you that. So let me let me do this for you. Uh, so for you edge users, you already know this. And bear with me because I'm rusty. I haven't done this for a while. Holy. And it may... Uh, I may screw it up. When I come uh, back from like three days off, I feel rusty. I can't imagine I, having three weeks. How long have we got? Three weeks? Almost four. We were gone. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It take yeah, me so a, it was, it'd take me a week or two to get the feel back, you know, and everything. It's amazing, right. but it's enjoyable right. when you take some time off. But oh, it's it's hard it's, to get that feel back. It's good for the soul. And now I'm now I'm you know I'm fired up and ready to to. Uh, uh, we're about to put some more math on the edge platform, what we call volatile tens, which I found even there. So I made more in one week trading than did the S&P 500. It, and I'm doing it on a bike. I'm using my phone uh, and I'm, you know, I'm not I'm putting in a plug for interactive brokers, not because they they asked me to, but um, we don't have a relationship with them, uh, but because uh, it's pretty easy on your phone. <clears throat> so I'm using our app, Edge, and then I use Interactive Brokers. Is that I who can, you trade through, trade Tim, them. Interactive Brokers? It is. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm Interactive Brokers, too. There, there you go. Well, they, it's a good platform. So here, Mitch, is, the, is what happened. Here is about when I left. So this is this, the demand side was very high. And so was the supply side. The supply side, I don't know if you can see this very well, but it's 49.4% of all share trading volume in the S&P 500 came from almost half of it. It is an all-time record. And it dropped from here all the way to here. And what did prices do during that time, particularly after options expirations? Well, prices rose. Prices moved inversely with the supply side. But notice what's happening now. So demand is all the way back up to the peak that it was when I left. And it you know, bottomed here shallowly, and then prices took off again. Now it is where it was here, and the supply side is starting to rise. It was actually back over 48% if you looked at the daily read on Friday. So if demand is 7.5 and statistically stocks decline from those levels and supply is rising, what is the market likely to do near term? Well, just a basic uh, grasp of supply and demand will tell you that stocks are likely to decline at, at minimum to stall and likely to decline. And it will have 
nothing to do with the raft of earnings yet to come in the S&P 500. By the way, I'm happy to see, and I think it's a fluke <laughs> more than a choice, but an awful lot of the S&P 500 companies are not reporting during options expirations. You know, we talk about how public companies should not be reporting when there are little green squares on the, on the calendar, because that's when you're going to get gambled. Well, don't do that. Wait till after those, then report your results, and then you give your investors a better chance to see the value of your operations reflected in the performance of the stock. If you do it during options expiration, somebody's going to gamble on you, long or short. And so you should be aware of that, public companies and traders. You should be aware of that. I don't like to trade during those times because it's like walking through black holes. You never know when you're going to step in one and disappear, and uh, it's challenging. So in just this short period of time, you could make very good returns and you don't have to have your money at risk. But when the, when the math begins to tell us that the market now has, it's like pushing the, it's like flooring the throttle in your car. That's what 7.5 is. The car can only go so much faster. You've got it pushed all the way to the floor. So what happens if you ease up? Well, clearly it's going to slow down. And, and supply is like a, a, a mountain slope, which we rode a bunch of on bikes. Uh, and when that begins to rise, that's also a gravitational pull. So if the foot comes off the throttle and the slope increases, prices are going to decline. So beware of that, traders. I'm currently wholly in cash. I sold my last position, which I wanted to talk about, by the way. Yeah. And Dennis, you'll appreciate this in particular, yeah. <clears throat> on Friday. So, if, and Mitch, you can tell me to shut up at any point, but I think this is a very good lesson for traders. These I'm, are things you should know. I'm more along yeah. happy that uh, when you were gone that first Monday, I pointed out above 6.0, so we could see a little bit of topping action. At least exactly. I'm starting to learn this, the market structure edge. I'm learning. I'm getting there. And you were right. So when, when sentiment topped, what did the market do? It went down. When sentiment or uh, demand bottomed, Right around options expiration, it was a split week expirations period in July, then stocks recovered because all of those bets, positions, wins and losses were sorted out. It's like returning to zero and off everything goes again. Well, it's very important to know that as a trader. So back to this trade. Let's I had see a position what you got for us. So I, I had a position in Silvergate Capital. It's not my favorite kind of thing to trade, but it has a lot of volatility. So SA, SI, sorry, yeah, Silvergate Capital. It's, it's actually a fairly liquid stock for a small cap stock. I don't trade a lot of small caps. Uh, but when I looked at this, this supply demand imbalance, so the long, strong demand falling supply into the end of the month, I thought, well, I can make money on that. Plus, it moves, it moves 7% between intraday high and low. So if the price is down, let's say, 3.5% on a day, I'm buying that because I'm almost certain to make 3.5% because that's how much the price moves in these conditions. So at the at Friday, I had hundreds of shares of this stock. And so that's too much to execute in a single trade under most circumstances. I was going to be on a bike. Well, how am I going to trade? So I put I, I don't prefer it, but I put in a limit on open order using an order management algorithm from interactive brokers saying I'm going to try to get out within the bid and the offer spread. So, and I could look at that and see, well, it's 20 cents. So I put my order about in the middle and I use an order management algorithm and there, I may not get filled because I'm saying I will sell at this price. Well, what if my prices never hit? 
I mean, you could go from 9207 to 9207 and a half to 9209 or whatever the price was at the time. And if I'm at 9208, I don't get filled. And son of a gun, I didn't get filled. Right. So it's 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 a fill or kill trade, meaning it either happens in the open or the order cancels. So I'm on my bike and I look at my app and I see I did not get filled. So I pull over <laughs> and I executed manual trades of less than 100 shares, 99 shares at a time. And I looked at the spread and I said, OK, I'm going to sit right. I'm going to put in a marketable limit order between the bid and the offer. You guys understand? You done, that? Right? Yep. Yeah. And I did boom, boom, boom. I do an order, duplicate it, do an order, duplicate it, do an order, duplicate it, do an order. That, And I got it. I made hundreds of dollars more than I would have. If I had used that, if my order management algorithm had worked and you'd say, well, then it was a good thing it canceled. Yes, but I was counting on that. I was counting on a tool to do something for me and the tool failed. So when I do it, knowing what I know, I know that all trades for 100 or fewer shares that are marketable have a high chance of executing. If it's a market order, it must be executed. But I'm going to sacrifice some of the spread if I yeah. do that. Well, you should know that, traders. Those are very important things for you to understand. To me, they're basics of trading successfully. Uh, and so that's how that, but I, so that was, it capped off a very good stretch for me trading EQT. You were talking about natural gas earlier, AMN, SI, and some other stocks. It was uh, easy to make money in that period, but it is because there was excess demand and insufficient supply. Now those conditions are changing. It's interesting with, uh, you know, just trading in the middle. And I always, and we've talked about this in our execution tactics part when we did our educational webinar. I think you were involved in that one, Mitch. Um, like a, that last year, we did an educational webinar on educa on execution tactics. And I talk about that same thing where when you're in a widespread stock, you know, if you're in Bank America, you just hit the bid and get the hell out. Just, yeah, exactly. just get rid of yeah. it. You know, don't play <laughs> around. But you're in something you 20 cents right. wide. I don't mm -hmm. want to give up the full 20 cents normally. So usually right. I say, if you need, really need to get out, like you're doing, you go two thirds down, you can save yourself that third because if you're going, and yep, if you're you a do. smaller trader, and this is the big advantage. I mean, if you're selling 10,000 shares, you got to do all kinds of different things. But when you're a right. smaller trader and a lot of our retail traders are, you got a few hundred shares. You can go to the 90, 90, 90. And exactly. you know what? And you, and you just do a boom, boom, boom. And it'll take you, it'll take you, it'll take you. If you go two thirds of the spread. So you could go down like, 13 cents and you'll probably get executed and you'll probably get executed. If you go for like, if you had a thousand, you go for the full thousand. What often happens is you're just end up on the offer. And now the bid just drops 20 cents on you. So you're pushing the price away from you. Yeah, there you go. That is, that is so valuable. What, what Dennis just described there can be the difference between profitable trades and unprofitable for trades sure. between being able to afford tools that give you information and not being able to afford them. If you're a small trader, it's, yep. it's just very important. Yep. No, it's definitely important. Um, and then you, uh, we we ran into a situation where someone didn't get a fill, and a lot of that was through algorithmic uh, order execution. And so that's the important yep. thing of knowing your order routes and how this is going out. This is why I like, you know, IBB. But I mean, it's up to what you guys want to use. But hey. If you're noticing you're struggling on your execution, a lot of that is understanding the routing. And I think this is important. You're seeing Tim understand that. Dennis uses that every day. And so traders out there, I would definitely look into how you routing your orders can help you. And in certain situations like Tim just did there, manually jumping in and pretty much saving his own day, right? 
<laughs> right? <laughs> you become you become an you appear to be an algorithm. And I, we've talked about yeah. this before. This is this is what firms like Citadel and Hudson River Trading and Virtu and others understand that the rules of the market require a continuous auction market. They don't want it breaking down. So they require trades of 100 or fewer shares at, that are market that at their market orders to be executed. Well, what do those guys use? You almost never see Citadel. Citadel doesn't use limit orders. <laughs> They're using tiny trades, marketable trades, because they, they can stick Goldman Sachs with having to take the other side in a dark pool then. And so that's what they do. And so now you know what 98 or 99% of traders don't understand. And it makes you better. Definitely. Now, uh, the last thing I'll have for you, and uh, I'll, I'll have a little fun with this one. I'm going to yep. have you, you know, the markets were, were rocking, yes, uh, <clears throat> last week. And so I'll have you use an Ozzy Osbourne song to describe this market. Um, <laughs> what, what, what are we going to use here? We're flying high again, you know, shot in the dark. What, what is this here? Well, so I was yesterday. I was I was picking up one of our cars that uh, that uh, friends of ours looked after. We needed to free up a spot in the garage for, for all these people who came to babysit our dog while we were gone. So there was a you know he thought he was on vacation. You know, mom and dad came back and the fun's over because he's had nothing but fun. But I'm coming and so I'm listening. Not as it's not my custom, but I'm used to listening to Ozzy's Boneyard on uh, on Sirius XM which a little of that but then you you know you need medical attention because it's <laughs> it's uh, so discordant I don't know if I have a song but that's how the market felt it felt like Ozzy's Boneyard on Sirius it XM is, last is. week it just you know shred pounding metal and uh, now ahead I think I think it, it might be time for uh, Yacht Rock instead uh, because where you sit back and just uh, uh, be a little bit more cautious. I'll, I'll go on. A, I'll give you a song. I'll say that it's the diary of a madman. <laughs> That's this market for you. I'll Hashtag go, diary take, of a madman. Take the money and run. That's I like that. Take the money right. and you know, run. Absolutely. Well, uh, here, I'll, I can do this for you, Mitch. It's not a song, but I can tell you a couple of things that I would look at from a, from a, uh, a, a trading perspective. And I mentioned this volatile tens, and I'll, I'll finish with this. But if, you, if you're going to trade when supply and demand are starting to converge instead of diverge, you have to beware what things will still retain some capacity to rise. And it's not everything. You can't just continue to do what you were doing because things are not the same anymore. And so I look at volatile tens, and and this is a it's a sort that's going to look for things that have demand at ten and supply that is declining or diverging. And it's not perfect math, but I could look at if you know if you could look at end phase. Here's an example Ooh, of a company. Where, and look at this volatility: six point nine percent. So if end phase is down three percent. The likelihood that you produce a return with this kind of supply-demand divergence at 10, supply way below trend, it's leveled off. But the likelihood that you produce a 3% return in like a day is very high. And as I've said before, I vastly prefer – I don't gamble. I don't, I don't like things that are too good to be true. I'm not looking for – you know, you could read Andy Kessler's column – 
in the Wall Street Journal today, which is very insightful about huge returns. You know, some of these crypto lending facilities paying 17% interest. Well, that's a clanging klaxon telling you that there's risk. I'm very happy with 3% with high probabilities of return. That's yes. what I'm after. Yeah. And this Definitely. would, you know, and you repeat that over and over and you are a, then you're a prudent investor who produces reliable returns with limited risk. That's how you become successful, yeah. not by taking crazy chances. That's exactly it. And that's what people mm -hmm. don't understand. What will make yep. you successful as a trader is not how much you're making, it's how much you're losing, cutting the losers. The 100%. Discipline. Well, yep. thank you for coming on. Like always, Tim Good to be with you guys. Plus, I've market you. Structure Mondays. Happy to have you back, Tim. And happy Swiss National Day. Happy Swiss National Day. Very nice. All right, guys. Great we're going to start getting ready to wrap on up. We just got about two minutes. So, Dennis, what wanna... did you do, man? Did you? Uh... I guess they listen to the pre. The bots are listening to the pre-market oh, show. They they, they, I know. I know. I know. Just dropped know. twelve handles because I went on a bearish rant. It was me, guys. I'm sorry. I was. Dennis, Dennis, Dennis. <laughs> Come on, you know. Anyways, I think the markets. I think we. I, I think no, we're selling into the strength here now. And what you know it might what? Be? They're going to come in. They're not going to go straight down. They're going to come in like, oh, this is my big chance to buy because we're going no, back to all-time yeah. highs. So you'll probably see a left after the open because that's how stupid this market is. They'll come in. They'll buy them again. And maybe they'll buy them the next day. But eventually, the buyers will exhaust here. I think we've just come too far, too fast. And I know you're sitting down. You're looking at your over portfolio and saying, what a crappy 2022 year. And you're hoping to get all your money back. Sometimes it's just good to get part of it back. And sometimes it's like, okay, I can cut the loser now. It's reasonable. I think if you've been sitting on bag holding some of these stocks here, it's time to cut some of those losers. I think that we've had a really good run. It's been a really good month. I think, you know, you're going to see probably, you know, some more buy the dipping happen. We're not going to go straight back down because there's some shorts have got squeezed here. Path of least resistance short term could still be higher. But I think it's prudent to take chips off the table. Tim's 100% cash. We're all kind of on the same side. It's a little bit concerning, um, except Joel's still trying to sit here a little bit on the bullish side. He's not I'm, a full I'm, believer I'm in a bear thesis, although he's starting to become a bear because of the, the 12 points off we just had. I'm basing it on, on, on Friday's action, Dennis, and you know it, we're early in the session on Monday. Can we get green? Can we close above 40, 41.33.50? Can we take out last week's high? I mean – you know, the Friday momentum, what I think that, uh, you know, people are looking for like for like keys today. And like one thing that really, you know, juiced the market on Friday uh, was Apple and Amazon. Right. Oh, so yeah. I would, yeah. I would keep an eye on those two because it's one thing. Oh, rah, rah. The earnings reports, what Tim Cook said. But now now you have the digestion period. Are you willing? Are, are you willing to step up and buy Apple here? Right or wow, you just saw this thing at one thirty. I had my apple. I was wrong. I know. I, I you're not wrong, Dennis. You're not wrong. wrong until you did it for a year. I mean, you went farther. I hedged off. out. Yeah, and yeah. I got the hedge, but I'm down seven bucks in the hedge. So yeah. you know, maybe I shouldn't have, but I felt like I was nervous going to the print. I still think that there could be some profit taking eventually happen here, but so far so good. It's holding up well. There's been big moves. I mean, you could come and buy Huge. Amazon now. Who's buy, you're buying Amazon now. We just rallied 30% on one of the biggest companies in the world Same way in I feel. less than a month. And you're buying it now? Yeah. Holy backwards, man. Backwards. Well, 
What should we talk about, guys? It's 9 a.m. And uh, don't forget, guys, we will be having a special with the Pre-Market Prep Plus. You guys have seen the discount there on your screen for what? For the swing trading event. Don't miss it, guys. $99. That's all you need to go ahead and check out Joel Alconan, Dennis Dick, Rob Friesen, and, of course, hosted by Spencer Israel. Quick Spencer story. So uh, I was I, I was joking with them, and I said, hey, if you need any help moving – you know, just let me know. I'll send Lisa over, right? So I get a phone call yesterday afternoon. Moving. Can you help me move a couch? It should take about 15 minutes. Oh, uh, the story about, of my life. About 45 minutes later <laughs> and a whole big layer of sweat, man. We got nice. that guy. That but anyways, I'm going to go hop, cover some symbols over there. Triple D, I'll check in with you later on. Go get Money Mitch, Mitch, fantastic job once again. I tell you, oh, you know, we go from Spencer Israel, who is awesome, and Money Mitch is filling those shoes very well. You're doing a great job, buddy. Keep it going. Yeah, we've been doing great. I appreciate you, like always, Dennis. Have a great trading day and keep working towards what you do best. Thank you, Mitch. All right, let's go ahead. We're going to wrap on up here. Like always, guys, check out premarketprep.com if you guys want to input this and get your discount for PMP10. Um, so don't miss that. I want to get you guys that discount. Keep battling, guys. I hope you guys had a great show today. Enjoyed it. We talked a lot about what was going on. The short squeeze got put on. How long does it last? Will we see a new all-time high in natural gas or at least 52-week high for me? Uh, will Pelosi's visit to Taiwan have us on edge? Will the U.S. crack down on NAND chips? Will Alibaba get delisted? And what will happen in the back-to-school season? We talked a little bit about this Guys, if you missed any of these questions, roll on back, catch them. Up next, you guys got live trading with none other than Lord Ryan, Zunaid, and I. As we look to continue going, July was the best month for me, at least in my trading. So come on over, guys. We'll talk a little bit about some trading action. And I got a surprise news for you guys. Looks like Mitch just might have done something for himself. But come on over. I'll let you guys know on live trading. I'll see you guys on over there. A little disclaimer action and bada bing bada boom. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.